Welcome, everybody, to another episode of We Live on a Planet. I have a special guest today. I was telling you about Greg Cluna's Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. You've got a lot of things going on, don't you, Greg? <laughs> yeah, quite a bit right now. Not only Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, you have a book by the same title, don't you? Yeah, so the book came out um, last January, and I've been I've been pretty happy with it. It's my first book. Uh, at some point, as I was writing it, I just decided, you know what? My only goal for this thing is for it to exist. That's its only job. Right. Um, I just needed to get through the writing, get it to the publisher, go through all that. Um, and yeah, I, I was able to to push that through, and it's available in stores pretty much everywhere. So I'm I'm proud of that. Yeah, you should be because a little bit of the bio that I saw you've you've been podcasting. Correct me if I'm wrong. Just about five years, maybe a little bit over five years. And yeah, it, so this show Tiny Leaps is five years, uh, about to be five years old. Okay, I've been podcasting since 2013 or 2013. Oh, okay. So podcasting is not new at all for you. No, no, definitely not. You've been into the game for. I spent a lot of time um, doing client work. Like right after I graduated college, I got into podcasting, launched a few shows, started working with clients on getting their shows live. So I've I've worked on like fifty something podcasts at this point. Oh my gosh, no doubt. Well, do you? I've li- I've I had never heard of your podcast. I see you're featured on Anchor though. And um, I was lucky enough to be featured on Anchor's homepage before when they first started out. And so that gave me that good exposure. And then now that I saw you and I started listening, I, I really got hooked because it's a really easy listening, how your episodes are broke down there, you know, 17 to 20 minutes or so. And do you have a mental health background? No. So that's actually one of the things that... Uh, I think allowed my show to stand out in the beginning, but also between you and me and everybody listening, um, it was the thing I was most afraid of. Right. right? Because I cover so many topics on the show. Like mental health is a major part of it and has that's become a major focus in the last few years because I'm, I'm really recognizing how important it is for everything else. Mm-hmm. But the show covers what I call sort of the six core areas. So you've got your fitness, your nutrition, your finances, your career, your relationships, and your mental slash emotional health. Mm. Um, and there's just no possible way I could be an expert in all of that. So the show, in order for it to work, it had to be, hey, I'm in this with you. Like I'm at the time I started it when I was 23. Uh, I I was a young kid trying to figure out this life thing and trying to accomplish the goals that he set and and stay consistent and build habits and and just be a decent person. Uh, And the show was me sharing what I was learning along the way, doing research and diving into uh, different uh, research documents and and lab reports on what we know about human behavior and trying to figure out what that could mean for our own day-to-day behavior. Uh, And really just trying to share little tidbits of advice with people that is not meant to be, hey, look at me, I'm a guru, I can tell you how to fix your life, because I can't. Right. I can't tell, uh, uh, even now, I'm 28, I'm uh, in a long-term relationship, but I have got no kids, I uh, make decent money. Like I can't tell someone who is, say, 40 and single and raising three kids and doing that on a paycheck that's not enough, I can't tell them how to change their life. Right. What I can do 
is try to identify what we know works, what science says works, what uh, has been proven to work over and over and over again. Help them see that it's not that hard to get into and start, and then give them the, the curiosity and the tools to look things up for themselves, to start diving into their own research, to figure out how they can make this work while being kind to themselves and, and giving themselves the space to be human because we're, life is hard and life is complicated and we're gonna screw up and that has to be okay. Yeah, that's groovy. I like that concept. I really do. And and that's true. That's that's kind of, it's weird how we, I don't even know how we found each other, Greg. You know, I had a, a listener um, that suggested that we, that I had you on my show. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my show. Shout out to that listener. What's that? Shout out to that listener. Shout out to Jackie, I guess is her name. It, it's and uh, and yeah, shout out to Jackie to say, I, I'm a podcast fan and I'm listening to both of you guys and you guys got to connect because my show's just like a, it's a personal journal with a variety show flair. And so what I do is I I do I share big thoughts and ideas as well of never really I don't have the answers myself you know I'm no guru either and I like how you you stated that you know hey I don't really have the answers but I have what scientific scientific um, studies have shown can work and and I like that like just starting out small with the small little habits like with uh, one of your podcasts that I was just your most recent one was like if you're going to be a runner and if that's one of your things getting out your running clothes the night before mm -hmm. you know just making that small little step um i play a lot of mental gymnastics on my podcast so i hope you don't mind that we're going to bounce around a little bit but i want to ask I'm you totally fine with that groovy um i, I was I'm wondering um one of the things that i wanted to ask you is the reason we struggle with consistency and what can we do about it mm. Yeah, so there's a number of things that go into uh, consistency and, and why it's so difficult. One of the big things is that uh, many of us, we focus too much on willpower, right? We're, we're trying to force change to happen. We're trying to force ourselves to do X, Y, Z thing. And even in our actual strategies, like the scheduling and accountability partners, like all of that stuff comes from a place of, my life is hard. I can't uh, uh, stay consistent with this, but I want this change. How can I force it in? How can I jam that change into the life that, that is there? Um, when really we need to redesign the entire way that we set goals. We need to redesign the entire way that we think about progress and about change overall. Because when we look at uh, so there's a, a popular way of setting goals called the SMART framework, right? S-M-A-R-T. And for those of you who maybe aren't familiar, it stands for specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and timed. And the idea here is, hey, if, you, if you're more clear with your goals, if you give yourself a deadline, if you identify what your actionable tasks are, it increases the likelihood that you're going to take action. But the truth is, not every goal in a person's life should be specific. And not every goal in a personal in a, a person's life should have a time limit on it. And when you really dive into the origins, the SMART framework was developed by a, a management consultant for mm -hmm. companies, 
Like it's not really meant for people to use in their regular life because we operate differently than companies. Companies are logical. They're, they're machines. They're designed to produce outcomes. Humans are humans. I, I, I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with this, but we are human beings. We're not <laughs> artificial intelligence yeah. yet. Squishy. Um, we're squishy. We're, we're emotional. We are not logical. We make all of our decisions from an emotional place and then justify. Absolutely. So we need to re uh, change how we approach our goals and change how we approach the actual actions for it. And what I did, I came up with a framework that I think can help. So instead of the SMART framework, uh, I developed the LEAP framework. So LEAP stands for long-term. So you're trying to create a lifestyle change, uh, empathy, empathetic. And that means giving yourself the room to fail. But it also means looking at what your life currently is, looking at the constraints that you have, and constraints aren't necessarily negative. Like if you have kids, if you have young kids right now, that is a constraint. That's going to make it harder to do certain things. Right. That doesn't mean that you would want to give up your kids. That doesn't mean that it's a negative thing to have kids. It means it makes it harder. Let's be honest about that. Right. So what are those constraints? What does my life look like? And what is actually possible for me right now, given where I am? That's that's a big part of the, the empathy model, this, the self-empathy piece. Because if we set our goals from a place of, of context to the life that we're living, it's going to naturally fit in. If we set our goals and then try to shove it into our lives, which is what most of us try to do, we set a goal with no context to our life and then try to figure out, well, where can I fit this? Then all of a sudden, we can't find the time. All of a sudden, we forget about it. All of a sudden, we, we uh, wake up a month later and we're starting over. Um, that's always going to be a recipe for failure. But if we look at the context, look at what our lives are, look at what is possible for us right this moment, and then set a goal within that, that realm, it's far more likely to actually get done. And then the A in LEAP goals is actionable because, of course, we want to recognize what it is that is the, um, the metric for success. Right. So what do we need to actually do? And then the P is what I call process-focused. And this, in my opinion, is the biggest mental shift when it comes to our goals. Whereas in the SMART framework, success means accomplishing the thing. In the LEAP framework, success means showing up. So with running, uh, that's, that's an example that's near and dear to my heart because I just recently fell in love with running after years and years of hating it. Um, <laughs> there were many days along the way in the last four to five months where I did not want to run, where I did not want the idea of going out and running a mile, running two miles, like the, the pain that sometimes comes with that, the inability to feel like I, I can't take a full breath, all of that stuff. I just didn't want to deal with it. If success meant going out and completing two miles or going out and doing it at this pace or, or anything like that, I would not have gone. But because I allowed success to mean did I run or not, regardless of distance, regardless of speed, if I just ran down the block and back, I was successful for that day. Mm -hmm. Because I shifted the way that I was viewing success, I was able to show up every single day that I was scheduled to run without failure. And that's ultimately when you look at the long term, that is a requirement for creating change. It's not about what you do on each individual day. It's did you do something or not? As long as you are making progress, at some point you're going to reach that destination. Now, it might take you super long because you have constraints, because life is complicated, because 
things get in the way because there's a sudden death in the family, God forbid, um, it might take you a while to get there. But if you are consistently making progress over a long period of time, you will get there. Right. So our job isn't how can we be, um, uh, how can we get more accomplished? That's not the question. The question is how can we make it easier for ourselves to show up? And if we can change the way that we think about goals, if we can approach it from a place of empathy to ourselves, if we can approach it from a place of what is the next step instead of what is the end goal. And if we can approach it from a place of, you know what, I didn't do everything today, but I got this one tiny leap done, then you're going to be able to show up consistently for a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that brings us to like the accountability part that why the accountability matters in goal setting. And yeah. I, I know that you have uh, why accountability matters in goal setting and the four types of mm-hmm. accountability that can increase your success. And yeah, you'd like to probably maybe hit just a little on that. I think my listeners would be curious on that, too. And I, I think it's I just it's fascinating how what you're saying is not so big of an epiphany. Sometimes it's just those hard to do it. So it's that tiny little yeah. leap about that big changes that will come, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And, and I always try to remind people, everything I say here, everything I say on my podcast and everything in my book, like I'm not inventing rocket science here. None of this is completely brand new information. All I do for myself, and this isn't even for my listeners, this is what I do in my regular life to try and get through the day and make as much progress as I can and be kind to myself. Yeah. Is figure out what how to think about these things like that's ultimately what the difference is if if you can shift the way that you think about your growth and your personal development you are like you you can get to a place that works better for you rather than what sort of the industry is telling you you need yeah i'm digging Um, that i'm really digging that greg I'm, i'm glad and and so with the accountability portion and accountability is massively important when we're looking at consistency yeah absolutely Um, there, in my opinion, are four different sort of layers to this, and these layers can be stacked. So the first is what I call self-accountability. So this is anytime if you set a goal and you write it down, if you journal about sort of what you did that day, if you um, uh, set sort of reminders for yourself, like that's self-accountability. There's not that much pressure attached to it because there's no one else external to you. But there is still a little bit of pressure because you don't necessarily want to let yourself down. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel like have all of these uh, uh, potentially negative feelings attached to it if you don't do the thing. So just doing that alone can add a little bit of pressure, which can drive a little bit more uh, uh, behavior change in you over long periods of time. Now, let's look at that second layer, which is what I call uh, partner accountability. So this is the standard accountability model. You have someone that you're meeting with once a week, uh, once a month, whatever the the frequency is, and you've decided we're going to get together in person, we're going to jump on a phone call, we're going to do a Zoom uh, call, and we're just going to share, hey, I said I was going to do this, did I do it, yes or no? Now, that adds a little bit more pressure because you're letting someone down if you don't do it. There's another person external to you that you don't want to disappoint. But it's still not that much pressure because that person is typically someone in your life, someone you care about, someone who cares about you. And so they're really not going to, to judge you that much if you don't get that thing done. So, again, it can help, and, and it does help. They've done studies on this, 
and uh, you can get increases up to 97% as far as like follow through by having a regularly scheduled meeting with somebody wow. um, specifically about checking in on that task. So we now have self accountability and we have partner accountability. If we can just combine those two in, in the form of, Hey, I'm going to write down this goal and journal about it every night. And I have a weekly call with this person that by itself can massively increase our likelihood of, of taking action. But let's look at the other two. The third is what I call group accountability. Now group accountability is when you are in a specific community or a uh, group environment that you are being held accountable to them. So it's not specific. It's, it doesn't have to specifically be, Hey, this group is about accountability. But if showing up to that meeting, showing up to that game, showing up to whatever it is, um, is going to let a team of people down, that's going to be more pressure than letting one person down. Hmm. So it's, it's similar, a little bit different, because there's more people that, that can uh, potentially be disappointed in you. And so there's increased level of pressure to actually get the thing done prior to your next uh, conversation with that group. And then finally, the fourth piece is what I'm calling social accountability. And this is very similar to group, except it's exclusively through social media platforms. So those posts that people put up of, hey, you know, I'm on a weight loss journey. Um, this is my goal. This is when I want to accomplish it by. Can you help hold me accountable? Like those things, they add a little bit of pressure. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily like I, I would say, quite frankly, it's less pressure than group, but more pressure than individual, more pressure than self. Um, but the goal here is, is very simple. Let's get other people, people who maybe aren't close to me, people who only know me through social media to hold me accountable to this task. And if they do actually follow through and check in with you, that adds more pressure. So when we look at all four of these and we stack them on top of each other, I'm going to journal every day uh, or every other day about this goal. I'm going to show up to this meeting with XYZ person. I'm going to, uh, this, this goal is relevant to this group that I'm a part of. So it really needs to get done by this meeting. And I'm going to ask Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whom, wherever your community is online, I'm going to ask them to like really check in with me as well. You get a scenario where you've added enough pressure to that task that it pushes you to take action. Now, is it always going to happen? No. And that's why we have uh, accountability is not the only other piece of consistency. You also have awareness. You also have empathy. Um, and, and we sort of discussed empathy in your goal setting. Awareness is far more about how top of mind is this task? Because sometimes people don't get things done simply because life got in the way and it slipped to the back of their mind. Yeah. So if you can keep it top of mind, add those reminders, you're going to, of course, increase the likelihood that you do that. Combine all these things. So empathy, setting goals that look like they, they fit into your life rather than trying to jam them into your life uh, and being empathetic to where you're starting. Accountability, using all, all four layers or three of them or whatever you're able to, to get done. And awareness of having these reminders so that when it inevitably slips, when, when it gets to the back of your mind because something else popped up, you're going to run into something in your life that reminds you of that goal that you set so that it can come back to the forefront. Combine all three of these and you have the recipe for consistency. And then the last piece here, and this falls under empathy, 
is making sure it's okay for you to fail. Because if you put so much pressure on failure, if you uh, let yourself stress out, if you're not able to get it accomplished that day, all of a sudden this goal, this target, this thing you're trying to do becomes negative. It has a negative connotation to it. You have a negative relationship to it because you're constantly critiquing yourself and beating yourself up that you didn't get it done that day. So you have to be okay with, I'm a human being. I'm going to screw up. I'm going to fail. I'm going to forget. And I'm just going to feel lazy sometimes. And that has to be all right because in the long term, over the course of 50 years, it doesn't matter if I did it today or not. It matters, am I able to consistently come back to it for the rest of my life? And that's that's my approach to it. Yeah, yeah. A good approach to it. I like that approach. I like how you tied that up nicely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. This was a blast to have you on. I really appreciate you, you know, the, I tell my listeners the, the most valuable time that they can give me or the most valuable thing they can give me is their time. It really is because I can't give it back. And so for you to give me your time today to give to my listeners, I thank you so much for that. Is there anything else that you're in the works of or anything that you'd like to let our listeners know or how we can find you on uh, all mm -hmm. the social media places? Yeah, so the easiest thing, um, you're already listening to a podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, do a search for Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. There are 560-something episodes to choose from. And I'm not going to tell you where to start. Just jump in wherever makes the most sense for you right now. Depending on what you're facing, what situation you find yourself in, what you're struggling with, there is an episode that can help. So just find what jumps out at you, give it a listen, and then here's part two to that. Uh, I am most active on Instagram, so find the podcast at Tiny Leaps and give it a follow. Shoot me a message. I would love your feedback on the episode that you listened to. Uh, it honestly is the reason that I'm able to keep doing this show, keep improving it. So if your feedback is positive, I'd love to hear it and, and share that with my network. If it's negative, I'd love to hear it and see what I can improve from it. So those are the two steps. Find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give a, an, a at least one episode a listen, and then find the podcast over on Instagram at Tiny Leaps and shoot me a message. And if you're interested, curious about consistency, about getting more done, and finally sort of accomplishing those goals, I have a course called the Consistency Code. We cover a lot of what I I talked about today in far more detail plus resources to help you actually take action on them. So you can learn more about that at consistencycourse.com. Groovy. And your book is out still on probably in Amazon? Yeah, book is Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you, you can get books, it's, it's available. Groovy, groovy. This was awesome. I really appreciate your time, and, and uh, I'll – I think my audience is going to gain a lot of value out of this episode, Greg. So, and uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. And, and for those of you listening, thank you so much for, for spending your, your time with me today. It honestly means a lot. Groovy. Thanks, Greg. Thanks. <laughs>